The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. We know you enjoy the show, so come support us on patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. You can support the show. And in turn, you also get other benefits. We've been doing some Patreon-only podcasts. We give early rally access. We have a dirt racing league, a bunch of other stuff over on Patreon. And when you sign up, we give you a free sticker pack, DWA sticker pack, with some exclusive DWA stickers that aren't available to the public. A lot of fun stuff over there, and it helps support the show. So cruise over to patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome, and we'd really appreciate it. This episode of the Driving While Awesome podcast is brought to you by radforsale.com, the only auction site entirely focused on the Radwood era. Have something to sell? They are now accepting your 80s and 90s cars, trucks, and motorcycles for auction on Rad for Sale. Have a Fox Body Mustang, Integra GSR, or Kawasaki Ninja? Those are great. They're also looking for excellent Radwood era parts and gear, like wheels, seats, apparel, ephemera, and more. So it's time to start going through the garage. Rad for Sale is a visually appealing and informative auction site with interesting and unique features while focusing completely on our favorite era of the automobile, the Radwood era. Join them at radforsale.com. Offtherecord.com. Fight those tickets. If you don't win, you don't pay. All you have to do is download the app, snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer, and you won't pay for the ticket. Enter code AWESOME to get a nice discount. And we're live. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. My name is Lane. My name is Art. See, everyone's... Oh, this is I it. Like the my name is. I like it. Yeah. Dude, I'm I have Warren. a... I, so... Last, before last podcast, Warren and I were talking, and Warren's telling me, dude, I got this hack. I use two headphones. I plug one into my computer, because we're doing these podcasts on Zoom. Mm-hmm. We do. I plug in one in my computer, one into the recorder, so you can hear yourself through the recorder as well, which is a, a good thing. Just to, It's nice to hear yourself, yeah. yep. and it ensures that you know the recorder's on, or your mic's on, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. I should do that. Um. My mic was turned off the whole show. Oh, sweet. What, sh- what show? Last show. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's just like, it's what? so ironic, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. That, that was it? like the conversation we had right before the show. Yep. And my mic was turned off the whole show. And uh, I mean, we do back, we did a back, we do a backup recording on Zoom. So I was able to use that and it didn't sound as good. But um, it's just like, it was so ironic. That that happened. Dude, so I see now you have two headsets on, right? So now Double. I have two headsets. And to make matters even worse, I had, dude, it was, I had the gnarliest incident right after the show. <laughs> I'm using these uh, Soul 
uh, headphones that Art gave us, mm. or gave me. Yeah. Um, I pull them out of my ear, and the right one, I'm like, oh wait, where's the fucking thing? The little rubber, the little rubber end. Oh, okay. It's fucking in my ear, dude. <laughs> so I go to try to get it out, and, and it goes it. further in, dude, and it's like. All the way in my ear. Still? Like at my <laughs> eardrum, dude. Dude, it was like at my eardrum. Oh, like, damn. Like hurting. Like, and How far do you push it in there, dude? <laughs> just slam I, I it just, in? I was trying to get it out, and no, I was pushing I it We're, in, right? In yeah. turn, like, it was so gnarly, and I'm like running around the house looking for like tweezers or something to like pull it <laughs> out. I was like putting scissors in there, trying to like, cut, oh, like nice. grab it. Oh like man! Flame, put like a lighter in there to try to burn it yeah, out. Exactly, dude. <laughs> I like, um, I got a, a hose outside. I was like spraying it. So well, no, well, the good news up. is you. Well, you're supposed to put like just get like a thin dowel and put it in from the opposite side, right? And then you just push it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right, dude. I didn't even think about that. Stupid hashtag thin me? dowel. I was thinking. Uh, well, now you've. The good news is you suffocated the little bugs that are living in there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, All those spiders, those little know, spiders that live in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's like a there's, tick. Lane, have you yeah, seen when a, a spider has babies and like there's like thousands, like hundreds of little tiny ones? <laughs> yes, I've seen it, dude. <laughs> Why? That's how many are in there right now. No, there is. There's none in my ear right now, dude. So, Lane, this is this will make you feel better because yeah. uh, you have an irrational fear of spiders and I have an irrational fear of uh, hypodermic needles mm-hmm. and now imagine this you open your news feed and every single story is just a spider oh yeah you're right <laughs> there's, dude there's spiders crawling on people so there's funny. spiders next to people yeah, there's spiders yeah. in, on a on a table yeah. there's spiders <laughs> oh <laughs> i didn't what, even think about that yeah that's what it's like for me right now i mean i'm not that into it either dude i i went and got yeah. my first shot a couple weeks ago and I never looked at the needle. I was just looking like straight ahead. And the lady's like treating me like I was a baby. She's like, okay, totally. it's all, you didn't feel that, did you? I'm like, no. <laughs> you get a lollipop or what? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Dude, dude. Um, oh, so w- when I got my vaccine, um, the, sh- the lady asked me if I had a fear of, vac- or of, of, of needles. And I said no. And then, I, of course, I had a follow-up by asking what, like, what she would do if I would have answered yes. Like, I'm like, okay, well, what do you do in that scenario? And she's like, oh, we have yeah. a separate room where we lay people down and we have have like dim lights and they have music this is san francisco so it's like they have like there's by the way that would make it worse for me because it's like this whole build up it's like yeah. foreplay foreplay to get the shot i don't want that dude i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. i because i don't like needles at all either and it, they freak me out and i i the but the best thing for me is just get it get it done right rip yeah. the band-aid off yeah yeah Anyhow, I shouldn't have brought it up, but uh, obviously I smoke heroin. I don't shoot it. Yeah, that's the way to <laughs> yeah. do it. Right? Free- that's <laughs> why you'll never the- be a, a heroin addict. I chase the dragon. Oh, no, you can still I smoke. I guess you can still smoke. <laughs> terrible, that's, but- cool. that's a pretty cool way to do it, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Well, you can also snort heroin, right? So, short story long, I got it out. Good oh, job. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Job. Yeah, yeah. So we we kind of <laughs> left that in a cliffhanger. I just so pried it out with like a... Like a thing. But you should tell you that the the rubber pieces are exchangeable for different sizes. Right. So yes. it probably just popped off the main section or main headphone. Yes. So well, was and, it the it right? Broken. Was it the right size? It sounds like it was too small, dude. Like if it's too- I think no, so. it was actually a really big one. It was uh, they always hurt my ears. <laughs> <Whoa. too>. So <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, but I did throw those away, and <laughs> I'm using these Apple style ones now. Okay. So the. 
I, I mean, I, we have to we have to kind of cover this now. You, that's why you're such a good listener, right, Lane? You have big ear canals. You kind of you hear everything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Huh? Yeah. Exactly. Wait, what'd you say? Oh, huh. what? Mind. It's just yeah. It's like it's it's the it's not being recorded in process. It's just being heard. Is that is that what's happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we can move on. Guys. I think I would. Yeah. So now, would anyways, do- I'm doing the two, and I'm doing the two, two, two mics, dude, double mic, two, two headphones. It's I'm nice, right, it, dude? That's the yeah. little yeah, monitor. That's what I saw the uh, the Carmudgeon folks do. Remember, I think Camisa told us that he did that, right? Like what you're doing right now, the double mic. Oh, I think you're right. That's what, yeah, because when we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do remotely, I had reached out and asked him, and he said that they do that just that. Because um, mm-hmm. it sounds pretty decent for for being you know just on the headphone mic like that uh yeah for sure it's not too bad yeah i think i would do pretty well in a uh listen to a car start and run and tell you what it is Hmm. contest okay wow interesting are we talking like a certain era or i mean you know within reason here last 20 years or something of modern cars i think i would be pretty good Really, more than fifty percent. We should do that. Okay. That's a lot of recordings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how many it's cars very, do we do? <laughs> it's, it's very hard. 50. But give me a Ford truck. Give me a Toyota. I can. I can. A BMW. A Subaru. So you're do- you're just talking good. brands though. Like you wouldn't be able to say, okay, that's a yeah, Subaru yeah, Cross yeah. Trek, or that's a you, you know. <laughs> no, like- no. Same answer. So wait, here's the question: Is it? Is it the sound of the car running, or is it the actual starter noise that you? It's recognize? the starter noise yeah. and the noise that it. Some cars have like an oil pressure kind of build up, yeah. and then like a little rattle. Mm-hmm. Okay, BMWs like kind of do that. A little Subarus bit of a have tick. a little ra- tick. Yeah, um, BMWs have like a, a rapid starter. It's a very like a whirring. Uh, mm-hmm. noise. Have you ever heard of nine twenty eight? They have the best starter noise. Oh man, They're I really see, I wouldn't fast. be able to identify that. It's like it's such a cool. I just love that starter noise. It's like part of the joy of starting a nine twenty eight is the ah. the sound the like. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird, like, I feel like the 944 is the shittiest starter noise. It's uh-huh. very, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, like, three turns or, you know, three very slow. Mm. Rudimentary. Tur- yeah, and then the, the 928 has this rad, like, beep, 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 ah. and it starts up. It's yeah, so cool. Style. You know which one had yeah. an amazing one, too? It could be. That's interesting. I wonder if it has to do with torque and the size and the revolution. Because, you we're, we're, you know, V12 at the Aston Martin V12 yep. had remember that starter noise was fucking awesome too. Uh-huh. Um, yep. I don't know what the deal is there, uh, but the the bike right now on Rad for Sale, the CBR250R, that starter is so good. I like played so that, cool. I played that video back a bunch of times. I like I I, I probably played that like six times just the starter noise. It sounds so rad. Yeah. The old God, can we talk about that bike? I mean, Dude. that is uh, an amazing contraption. <laughs> Gear driven. Gets- Gear driven cams is so cool. Eighteen thousand RPM. Yeah, yeah. And it looks dude, this amazing. gets me into like I was talking to Warren about it after the show last week. It's like we're, we've been selling these bikes on Rad for Sale, these motorcycles. Dude, they're so fucking cool, dude. I just wish like I want them so bad, even though I don't really want to ride them. <laughs> I know, right? Like you know, I don't want to ride them at all. Like I, I would love to like tool around like maybe my neighborhood. But not really do anything. Um, if I could do West that, Westcliff maybe like go on a Westcliff drive yeah, or something. Yeah, maybe that. But I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna go get my motorcycle license and stuff to do that. Uh, <laughs> but I still want these things so bad. Like I find myself, man. If I just if I own some office building, I would definitely put that in the you know, 
in the yeah, it's like Wrigley Building style where he just has yep. you don't need much room and they can be so cool. They're so cool, dude. They're so the live because they all have liveries. It's like it's like getting race cars. Mm-hmm. You know, having yeah. a race car, but it's a bike, and they're only four grand or five grand or whatever. And they're you know, compact. Like, is yeah, super it's, cheap. and it's it's cool. It's like a it's like a scale model thing, right? Where you have all the little details, and like the bike is small enough where you can like pull off the fairing and see how it all works, and like all the mechanical components. And yeah, they're super mm-hmm. cool. This one in particular is fucking amazing. I mean, it's like I agree with you 100 percent, Lane. I'm on the same exact boat. It's like I, I would love to just own them to play with them, like here and like not do because I know how I would ride it, and I don't want to get yeah. myself in trouble and you know kids and all that. But it's it, that one is so is so sick. The dual round early 90s late 80s headlight look is my favorite of all eras so good it's so fucking yeah. cool yeah and i i do like the the mix of the smooth dual headlight front end and then the kind of chunky rear yeah, always the, a boxy the, the rear. boxed rear yeah, it's so, yeah cool. it's so good dude and then um i mean and that thing sounds amazing and just like look like you said just looking at it all the details like you see the shocks you yeah. see like the the swing arm you see all the components are out there you see the brake calipers and and everything's out there exposed it's so cool dude and it has a racing livery um it's just super badass yeah yeah totally agree so apparently those um you know they they have a red line of 18 grand but um apparently with a little bit of very minimal work they'll rev to 20 grand all day and be reliable (laughs) jeez Uh, dude yeah it's so cool so we have a rad uh blog piece on the site right now and um it mentions the dream is to combine a few of those motors and put that into a civic of the era so making like a a little v8 or i forget what he what it was but essentially i mean you'd have like a twenty thousand rpm redline uh screaming probably like i don't know 200 horsepower or something like that um v8 in a civic and it'd be the size of like their four cylinder so rad like yeah. that is yeah the high there's like incredible. the hayabusa ones right they, they do a little hayabusa v8 yeah. and then there's also the one that farah drove what was i can't remember it's like in the n600 remember was that yeah. an r1 motor in it or something i don't remember what motor it was i think it was like a one liter yeah i, I think it was an r1 but so it was, cool. they kept the sequential gearbox <laughs> in this tiny little yeah. thing uh it sounds pretty epic but i can't remember i think yeah. it didn't have a reverse right like uh, no, I think it, I thought it used starter for reverse. Oh, did he? Summer Maybe. starter motor, yeah, engaged. But that's what they usually do. But I'm I'm not sure if that one had it or not. That's what the big motorcycles do. They'll yep. have a starter starter reverse. Yep. Wamp, do yeah. you know what? Yeah. Like, the, or like I I haven't looked into this at all. But do you happen to know if like starters are rated like? For you know, there's maybe amperage or whatever, but like, can you rate them like like by horsepower or something? Is there a horsepower rating attached mm. to them? Like, because I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've never been heard in situations that. where I've used a starter motor to move a car up a driveway, like like thirty feet. <laughs> Jesus, oh, wow. and, and it handled it. That sounds like really bad. For oh, the it's car. terrible. Yeah. Need the starter. It was. I mean, it was a car. That, I mean, that that was getting worked on. You know, so like that was going to be yeah. dealt with, but it was just like. We have to move it up there. We can't push it like it's it's just, and so and it worked. I mean, it's pretty amazing how strong those things are. Yeah, yeah, they are, but they do burn up pretty quick. We had a uh, one of my old customers put chainsaw oil or something in his gas tank of a modern Lexus. Sweet. And um, we had to. It was basically like old gas that had been sitting forever and just was tattered. So it clogged all the injectors and stuff, but we were trying to start it to get it to kind of like pump through as much as we could. Mm-hmm. And it 
killed the starter like mm-hmm. after I don't know maybe like an hour not continuously or anything but you know pumping it yeah. and then eventually the starter was done oh, and that, that was like a well they overheat right modern, so like in that case yeah I mean, when you're mo- like you know they they actually it's like as you said like you, you you try to rest it but in this case it sounded like it was pretty consistently back to back right like over the course of an hour it was pretty consistent yeah and like there was eventually it did start and run but after that the starter was done for and the guy was super bummed right <laughs> he was i mean he was mad at himself but not at us because that was the only way to really get it going but man don't put uh shed gasoline in your modern car yeah don't do that shed. only Valero um, for me so what that means is uh, in the uk sheds can be really nice uh wham so it's an air-conditioned yeah. uh, two-story facility with like three car racks and uh a wall mm-hmm. of of really nice canned uh, uh, race fluid is what you're saying race fuel race yeah. fuel like um or it could be a 50 gallon drum of sunoco in the corner that, ha- that you attach uh-huh. a pump to D- don't yeah. don't put that in your car oh, okay never <laughs> Ever. do not <laughs> do not um yeah you guys have any project car updates i have a bunch Oh. oh, he raised his hand, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually don't have a bunch. Of, that was bullshit. I got a couple. Yeah, but... I've got a couple. Um, so wow, you guys. Are uh, so on, on the Patreon episode, right? I talked a little bit about my cap situation. I, you know, I have a. a yeah, I, I ended up replacing. Tune in for cap. that, dude. Join us on Patreon. <laughs> hey, man, this is gonna win some Patreons over or some patrons over. Um, so. I replaced my fuel cap because the old one was not the right size, and it's a long story. Um. Uh, but at the same time, I said that I ordered another cap. You know, this is really this is big stuff, guys. All right, uh, he teased this, <laughs> but but it was going to go on the main show because it's a big deal. Um, so I went to smog my car, and uh, of course, you know, I mean, I may or may not have warmed up the cat a little bit, you know, by doing some things. And so I I roll into the the, the facility, and he's got a dyno where you got to dyno the car. I smelled coolant, and I'm like, what the fuck? I looked into the car, I couldn't see anything. And um, I looked at it, you know, obviously he pops the hood, he's idling, he's checking everything, and like, it doesn't seem like anything's going on, whatever. So, um, so he diagnoses the car, you know, does the, goes through the motions, uh, smog test is going, everything, and, um, uh, you know, he's always che- always checking the temperature and, and everything, and like, everything seemed okay. Um, I get a, a, a past result, rolls me off of the, 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 the dyno, and as he's rolling out, I hear like, and we're like, oh, shit. Um, uh, at this point he parks it right next to his building and it's fucking gushing coolant. I mean, like it's coming out of the, uh, the overflow, uh, reservoir, the little container there. And so it's just gushing out of the cap on either side. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know? So we let it cool down. Uh, we check it out. We, t- we top it back up and I go to tighten the cap and it, go- and it's like, um, it feels like when, when you over tighten a bolt, you know, like it starts to kind of catch and then it just gets soft and I'm like, man, this thing is like either the cap is dead or the fucking coolant bottle, uh, the overflow bottle is, is out. And sometimes, you know, the threads are bad on those. But um, I think it's called the reservoir. Yeah. So we pull the cap off and uh, and he actually squeezes it. Uh, Andrew squeezes it and he's like, yeah, dude, this cap is fucking done, you know. And I, I, I posted a picture of it on our story, but it, it like literally would go oval, you know, because it was so old and soft. Uh, so basically, it's just one of these old car things that you don't ever even even really consider right like you're replacing the coolant overflow tank cap like but that shit wears you know like that's subjected to a bunch of heat and cooling down over time and all that yep i don't know if you guys remember but on the coastal range rally north uh we went up to like eureka area um 
when I would stop in the 944, it would like sometimes there were it would water was coming out of the the little there's a drain tube that comes from the over overflow tank yeah. on the 944, and it would come out of there. So there was like a puddle under the car. And uh, that was the exact same thing. It was just an old cap that wasn't holding pressure. Mm. So then it was steaming up, and it was it was going out that it has an actual vent. Yeah. So it was going out the vent rather than the, the cap, but it's because of the cap. So the last day, the morning of, I went to like an O'Reilly's or something in that town we stayed at and, you know, bought a they had a cap for five dollars and replaced it and nice. that's the Good cap that's go. still on the car that's a, yeah that's ideal so the the cap on these old bmws is actually pretty unique like it's not like a, something that, that that the local auto parts store has unfortunately so I, I did i had the option of ordering it online or just getting it from the local dealer and i'm like dude i'm probably going to drive the car a couple times over the weekend here so i just called them up and they didn't have it there but you know it's i guess they have a big distribution center nearby and they had it the next morning so it was it was great i was stoked on that but uh but it's funny to see how cheap these things can get you know like um i think i sent you guys a thing i'm like dude th- <laughs> there's like a four dollar version and then there's the oem version which is like 20 bucks it's like why the hell would you cheap out on this it's like you can literally blow your car up because of a stupid cap you know it's like um but uh, so that was one thing uh, so got an opportunity to um what do you call it uh, do some maintenance on my car deferred maintenance <laughs> yeah unscrew and screw on unscrew and screw on i did uh yeah i think i had mentioned i'd done an oil change uh last podcast i got some uh, motul 4100 in there so that was pretty sweet uh you know you always feel like your car runs better after an oil change right <laughs> Of course, of course. It's it, like getting the uh, like a haircut or something. Right, you it's so much better. Oh, dude, it's so much smoother at the top end, right there. You know, dude. It's, it's obviously different. and 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 add a wash to it and, and oh. a vacuum. Oh, oh my th- god! There you go. Your car is a f- like. It's brand new, basically. basically yeah, yeah. You, it, at least you're in love all over. You, you definitely increased the compression in the motor a little bit, right? Somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. For sure. So, but the the main thing that I haven't talked about is the the tires. I um I put uh, the Yokohama AO five twos on here, uh, which you know we had talked about, and I finally got a chance to drive it. You know, I've driven the car a few times now, uh, and they're really, really, really nice tires. I'm very impressed by them. Uh, they're they're very different than any other other tire in this category that I've driven. Again, the 200 treadwear category. Uh, they're very soft, like in a in a in a um, so the so, the sidewall and like the actual the the construction feels very soft. Like it it um it absorbs bumps very nicely. Um, and also from more like a Michelin or something. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a PS4S. It feels exactly like that. Like where it like dissipates like bumps very nicely through the through the tire itself. Very comfortable, very smooth rolling, very quiet, um, but also from a like a handling standpoint, right? Um, you know, you have a softer sidewall, so it actually, it kind of, um, it get, has a little bit of, of flex and give when you, and so it's not as as, as sharp of a turn in, and and the and, mm. uh, and the car itself doesn't feel as rigid, you know, as like you would on like an Azenis or RE71R. It doesn't feel like it's on rails. It doesn't feel like it's on rails. Much. It feels like it feels like it's on on soft suspension on the rails, <laughs> and so it yeah. has a little bit of give. But it's a cool vibe, you know. I like it in the car. It, I feel like it's actually more appropriate for an older car like this, where it was kind of designed for a softer tire to move around a little bit, you know. And um, yeah, and you're probably you're probably. I, I I don't want to like I think you might be exaggerating a little oh, bit for sure. because well, it's like it's not it's like subtle. a CN36 where that's a tire where it squirms a lot and then it 
but it kind of has the same thing, but probably exaggerated by 30 times. For sure. This right? is a super subtle thing. Yeah. We're, we're talking about splitting hairs here between like a particular category, right? Like, and, and it's, it's noticeable, yeah. but it's not like, yeah, if like someone sat passenger to me, they'd be like, holy shit, these are super grippy, like sharp tires. Right. But it's like, uh, but it's, it's definitely very different from like the other tires in the category that have, that are known for having like cement sidewalls. Right. And like, they just slam into yeah. fucking like, um, you know, um, expansion joints and stuff like that but so that- yeah a little more like track tuned but but these like i think in all the things i've read are probably the best tires in all scenarios in that category right, right? so they are and and the grip is fantastic i mean i haven't gotten anywhere near the limit you know i haven't really done anything crazy yet but it's but they're they're definitely uh, very grippy and they're very quiet they're silent and um, i haven't pushed them enough like to, to actually even reach a breakaway point so who knows what that's like right like uh, in terms of whether they're progressive or not but given the construction and the feel like they're very communicative it's just, and you know exactly what's happening but it's it's it happens in, a, in this way that i'm describing right it, um and so i i imagine because again they have the softer sidewall the soft like that construction they're going to be more gradual and progressive as they break away versus a tire that's using just the contact patch for grip really. Right. You know? Um, yeah, that, that could be scary. Right. Especially on a street car where, where your breakaway point is like, you know, ever like a hundred percent grip to zero grip. Exactly. You want yeah. that. You want that gradual. Right. You know, and it, and I think it's that grip. this compliance is, is what I'm referring to is like, it's, it helps. And that's why I think they're so grippy, you know, like in, in addition to the fact that the compound itself is sticky, like it's just the yeah, compliance yeah, it that it sort of leans into it. And it all it's I feel like the contact patch spreads real nice and like you have the, way more traction. Um, but it's it's great. You know, I drove them in the damp. I've driven them in super cold weather, like in the low 40s. And they come up to temp super fast. Like they're they're they come up to temp real quick. Um, this this motor. <laughs> <laughs> well has it wish it could break them free like you know like um you know i think i i don't i was gonna ask no yeah if i i think if i was abusive like maybe i could do it but i'm not gonna fucking drop my clutch at 4500 rpm you know so i, I there's no reason to do that but um, you probably have to go more like 55 or six more like 55 yeah. or six so so um <laughs> but there's like a lot of turns in my neighborhood or around up in the hills here where i will apply the throttle very early just to like slide it a little bit and like just to just and like and I, it's I do it into the car just fucking yeah. it just trans yeah, it yeah. just kind of uh squats a little bit and just yeah. goes you know like yeah, I, yeah. um it's pretty funny uh it, it's I remember even my car when I had those uh Hankook RS3s or whatever um dude it was the same way it's like I want to like play around and get the tail out or something yeah. you know it's, it's like no you're not doing that dude yeah you only have 143 horsepower <laughs> like no you're, dude sorry yeah the the weird thing is that um again in this we've talked about this category being having very a very varied characteristics right and like um the rs3s when i had them on my um on my black 325 is as soon as they were about 2000 miles old they started to get like when they were cold they were pretty hard they required a lot of temperature to get you know to actually develop grip and uh, so when they were kind of cold like i could definitely break them free and slide it around but like you know after about like 10 miles of like regular driving even like nothing crazy like they would get some temperature in them um but yeah there's like a very specific place an on-ramp in san francisco where i remember getting sideways every time in the morning on my way to gopro because it's like this little 90 degree like (laughs) on-ramp and and if you get on the throttle a little early immediately it would kick out you just catch it just keep going um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, dude. I mean, the whole treadwear thing, like, you know, I, I sort of alluded to this in that big conversation that we had <laughs> the tire download, but I was talking about old, like, um, Hoosier R6 is back in the day. And like the one thing I, I didn't mention, but this is what I was trying to illustrate is that 
there were two different tires one that was like super hard and was an endurance tire and one that was super soft and was an autocross tire or like a time attack tire and they're both the same treadwear they're both treadwear like 40 treadwear you know this is our comps but it's crazy like how how varied it can be right same thing with these you know you have the some that are super stiff and like are hard as fuck and require a ton of temp and then these are kind of like a cherry spot really the only thing that is gonna the only thing that's left to determine and figure out is is the longevity right like how they actually wear um but yeah. otherwise i'm super happy with them and obviously you know it's it, tire rack has some stuff out there and they're supposed to be the best in the wet of this particular tire so i'm curious to see what that's like um you know what yeah i read the comparison test of these and like three other tires i forget which tires were in that comp- competition but yeah these definitely were the highest scoring and best in all of the livability categories i would say and the grip categories yeah. so they had the fastest autocross time they also had the fastest wet autocross time i believe and they had you know so it was like they were kind of the they were just the best all around and they were like you said they were they were the quietest of all those tires in the test yeah. as well it's pretty amazing like it's it, it's this is how far we've gotten with these right where it's like you're not really compromising anything it seems like especially on your fun car this is not like you're if you're daily driving it again you're killing it with miles and then also if you have a lot of standing water this is not what you want to be on this is just you yeah. can drive them in the wet if necessary right um but um and, and, you know, they'll perform okay as long as there's tread on there. <laughs> that's the thing, you know, and and, and it goes hand yeah. in hand, right? It's like... They well, were, that's yeah. the thing, too. They are going to they are gonna wear faster than... Exactly. That's, I mean, it goes hand in hand. Regardless of how long they last, they're going to wear faster than, right. say, uh, uh, you know, a PS4S or something. Yeah. Uh, and then when they get down to those wear bars, that's where shit gets it, sketchy. It gets so sketchy as You just have to keep yeah. an eye on them a little yeah. more. Yeah, but I'm, I'm super stoked on them. I think they're, they're definitely... They're, you know they're they're expensive you know there's there's there there there's a major premium over the next tire in the category but again now you're you're buying into all of this right so like if if you want like you can get an rs3 or like a, one of the cheaper options and and you know you're gonna you're gonna go back to what you to dealing with some of those compromises right there, there's there's comfort there's there's noise there's all of these different things so um it's kind of it's kind of a rad rad deal um but um also i did see that uh on continental is entering the space and they're they actually just released a 200 treadwear tire um that is mm-hmm. making some some pretty decent uh 15s uh like these are 225 45s uh i mean you can get these in 225 45 15 but you can get the um the continental in um in a 205 50 15 and i think another size as well so that opens up the 15 205 50 that's good that's like vw fitment yeah um, a lot of cars yeah. um and i think yeah. i mean even even E30 really, uh, it's a little shorter on yeah. the sidewall. But like if if it's like a double duty car and it's lowered, it's like not too bad. Um, I think that's it's a front tire on a 944. Uh, I wonder what the rear if they have do they have a wider? Oh, I, I didn't check. Um, I just re- I remember seeing that one and I was like, oh, that's that's a pretty good like size for a lot of different cars, right? Like especially of the yeah. of the Radwood area, um, <clears throat> like. Um, again, the 50 series sidewall is a tricky thing, right? Like, I think you have to, if your car is a little lowered, like you can, you can get away with it, but like on a stock car, it might look kind of goofy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, an i 44 is 205.55, so it doesn't really work. Um, yeah, you get that skinny sidewall. Yeah. Um, it's cool on like a race car or something. It's fine, but yeah. So, so it looks goofy. On did you guys car? know that Continental owns Hoosier? Um, I did not. So these are made by, like by Hoosier for them, um, hmm. but uh, they look like I've never owned a Hoosier tire. 
except for on an autocross uh, car that I drove, not I didn't like own it, but yeah. Then the, when you were driving that car, did you used to say, "Who's your daddy?" I did. It was actually I got a tattoo. Okay. Cool on your butt. Of course, I'm trying to load the haters. Haters gonna hate. That's what I said. <laughs> so they make them all the way to. Oh shit! Look at so they go from two hundred five fifty fifteen all the way to three forty five thirty nineteen. <laughs> I guess that's a Corvette rear, probably like a C seven. Oh, Viper. Lane two twenty five forty five fifteen for the rear, huh? Um, they have it's pretty net, pretty small sidewall. Yeah, dude. that's what the, you you can get in the AO five two as well. Um, yeah, but they don't have anything smaller. Um, they're they're claiming uh, ether so BMW E twenty one E thirty E thirty six Mazda NB Miata. Um, that's what they're recommending. Yeah, it works on it works on BMW because BMWs have a smaller overall diameter than a Porsche. Mm, that makes sense. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I don't mean to take up all the updates, but I have a one that has been driving me crazy, and uh, I talked to Lane a little bit about this, but um, there is rust on the fr- on the very very bottom part of the fender on the driver's side so like the leading edge you know you look at the wheel arch on the back side of the fender there like near the door there's some rust where it, it actually ate away part of the metal already and you can't really see it because it's um it's you know it has that black like um like uh what do you call it? that coating that runs along the bottom of the side and so it's that part in the very very front corner and um I don't know what to do, man. It's it's really bothering me. Uh, it looks fucking horrible, and that's where the, I think I had. To, you can't see it. Well, you can't really see it, but it well, looks horrible. but I know it's there. I know it's there, right? Uh, so, <laughs> from from for like photos and shit, it really drives me crazy. And and so here's the thing: is that I had mentioned this before, but um, you could tell that they jacked the car up in the wrong spot at one point, and this is a result of that. I can tell where it kind of fucked with the fender and the pinch weld, and so. The, I, I removed the, the bottom part, part of the fender and it's totally clean and solid down there. There's no rust in the actual, like the body of the car, the unibody, but just the on the fender itself there. So and this is the fender itself. It's the fender itself. and But but uh. the reason I bring up the jacking thing up too is that you can tell it sort of tweaked it a little bit. So like if the fender runs along the body of the car, it's sort of the front corner is a little bit pushed in. So it's like twisted so inwards. F- yeah, and yeah. so I, I I unbolted the bottom so that I could try to fuck with it and like try to twist it back and see. If I, I kind of remember it. looking at that car and seeing this when Mikey had it. Yeah. Um. So you could just buy a new fender, dude. Dude, find an Alpine white fender. No, that's the problem. The dude, I I Why? the and paint is so fucking hard to match, dude. Like it's like it would drive uh, me crazy yeah. having a because your car was. <laughs> yeah, you said your car was repainted, maybe too. Yeah, it's a rally car, right? Dude, I can't hang, man. Like it's it's driving me crazy. I, so I have a mismatch. Hang. I have a mismatched fender right now, I and know, it's all dude. dented and shit. So that's that's hard, man. That's you live a rough life. You can't life. hang, Lane. <laughs> I have clear coat peeling on my rear fender. Too, that's terrible. Right? Behind, yeah, the, behind the wheel arch. Clear coat peeling is is unacceptable, man. Um, clear coat peeling is peeling is like one of the worst. It's things the worst, dude. I can't handle. I know it. my car basically needs paint, but if I do that, I mean, then I won't. I feel like you could just get it. a can of clear coat and just kind of like. Well, it's on that lower um, rough. Uh, yeah, section yeah. of the it's not like a smooth yeah which clear. makes it it's, even easier just easier. to go Maybe, over yeah. it and clear it yeah possibly yeah i, I wouldn't want to mess it up but um it's already messed up so it doesn't really yeah, matter exactly i just use it like a rally car so it's like i don't know patina yeah. art it's just patina man rust is not patina though that's it's neglect no rust isn't <laughs> well you should you should stop it you should get a little you know um pour 15 or whatever yeah. 
and you know treat it I and make Bondo's it stop. A cool thing. Oh, Bondo! What'd you yeah. say, Bondo? I heard Bondo's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. I could probably Get shake the little corner out of Bondo even, right? That'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that the that's the thing is like the rust part is is annoying and it's it's not super visible. It's the tweaked fender that's fucked up because of the line nice. of the car. It's like it it's it's tweaked inwards. So. The whole like side of the car gets thrown off for me, and like from pictures, like for pictures, uh, like the perspective has to be the right way. Otherwise, it looks like the rear is like fucking tilted outwards. It's like the rear part of the fender. Yeah, you need a new fender. So dude. Lane, what? Call me crazy. What about? Can they cut that part of the fender off and graft another one on and paint just yeah, that bottom section? Yeah, cr- of course they could. Isn't that? But you're getting. Cr- but you're getting crazy, dude. It's a bolt-on fender. <laughs> but the whole, That's but nice. then the yeah. whole it's a bolt-on car, fender. The whole side is gonna be all fucked up. The paint is. But dude, you gotta think about anyway. the work, the work involved in that, and then you have to spray and and you have to bl- blend yeah, that area. It'll look weird. Just get the Period. whole fender sprayed professionally, then and blended. Like you'd be in it less to buy a fender, have it sprayed and blended, than you would to have. Like made them cutting out a full section and welding. It's not no body shop would do that unless yeah. it was like a you know a vintage Ferrari or something. Well, oh, they'd yeah, be like, paying crazy amounts of money, right? It'd be oh, well, three yeah, x the, the, the cost value of, proposition is insane. It's three x the cost, and, but that's on art. But it, I mean, it still but, would yeah. look weird. Well, but yeah. it's it's like the whole thing, the whole corner versus a little portion at the bottom that was blended. <laughs> But dude, then but you have a car with like right? gnarly, and you have a car then with like weird bodywork as opposed to just putting a brand new factory fender. And are you know, to take the fender, fender off to do that yeah. and yeah. put it back on and yeah. it's there's a lot there. Yeah. And you still have to blend paint. That's what I'm a saying. It will still bit, look weird. A little tiny bit. <laughs> but but dude, might as well just blend the whole thing. They could blend it into the door and Yeah. Like, so you know? so that that's the thing is like my concern is is just the matching of the paint. So it um it sounds like or maybe I'm making an assumption here. When it's at the body shop, they'll I'll basically say make it match. Like I don't care what yeah. code it is. Like because and then no, and, yeah. and then work on that until yes. you get it right. Because so, dude, like I I so, I bought let me see five different touch up paints on working on this car, and none of them have matched. Like I I you know I haven't. So really Art, you about should it. know how this you should know how this works because your dad was a body guy. I know, but like. They're going to mix a base coat. So they're going to go alpine white, right? right. Like or whatever your color is. They and they mix it and then they spray it. they're going to they're going to like check it and they're going to add some more tint and be like, "Okay, they're going to put it up next to your car on a stick and be like, "Ah, it needs a little more yellow. Add a little more yellow." They're going to get it fairly close and then hope if they're good, they're going to spray out some cut panels, like spray out some little test cards. Mm-hmm. And they'll maybe spray out a few, mix a few little few little mixtures and be like okay this one's like right about there and then they'll blend it into the you know they'll blend it into the door probably and blend it into the I'll, hood i'll one up you there they will take a ten thousand dollar exalta camera yeah, and they will they do that too. take a picture against the paint of your color and then the computer will match that color yeah. exactly perfect and then but and you then still, they'll do what they'll do what lane is saying after yeah. that and they'll maybe make a little darker, a little lighter. Okay, tell. Stuff, yeah. I, I want to go to that body shop because I'm I'm freaked out. I don't want them to just basically order Alpine White too, Dude. and then just fucking spray it. So like you know, that's probably what little... most shops do. It's like and not, and not, I don't want that. I want the place that actually is going to go above and beyond to match it because like. Dude, like, as you know, I've talked about it a little before. Like, I'm pretty sure the car has been resprayed. I don't know how much. Um, I I think it's all of it. I know that. Um, uh, Kevin noticed, uh, you know, the the rear quarter was was done, uh, redone. But I mean, the more I looked at it, the more I realized that the whole fucking car is clear coated, and these cars were not clear coated from the factory. This was a single stage car. 
um, Alpine Wine 1 cars were. The, the plastic bumper cars, which were Alpine White 2, were clear-coated. Um, so, which is fine. I don't care about that, but it's just that it's hard to match. Like, I, I bought... Um, two different types of Alpine white one. I bought two different types of Alpine white two. And then I tried, um, a duplicate color, like color that someone on the forums recommended because, you know, they, it's a close match for Alpine white one cars. And so I, I ended up mixing two of those to spray my front, um, air dam because it wasn't matching, you know? So like, but again, it sounds like that, that gives me some peace of mind. I'm glad to hear that, that it's just a money thing, right? It's, it's going to the right place. That's going to spend the time and, 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 and effort. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or you just put a little pour 15, a little Bondo, you little <laughs> use the paint you already have and it's good to go. Tweak Fender, I'm telling you, Tweak Fender is the problem, man. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. Um I I hate like body fucking, line like body line shit like you know horrible. like like um uh, I know, I hear you. I hear it you. It is one of the I mean, I did I do remember noticing that. I I do too. But and it's yeah. You know. it, it's definitely tweaked. Like yeah, they, always they jacked be it up from the actual fender. Yeah, it's tweaked. So, yeah. so the, there's no fixing the fender. Um, you know, so that that's like the one thing that's been um, bothering me a lot. It'll I'll get to it eventually. So you're saying dent? <laughs> so um, uh, city dent? You don't think he could do his magic and kind of like tweak that back into shape? That's a good question. I didn't think about that. Get it close at least, and then you do your little touch up, and it, you can you can sleep. I can at live night. with that. Yeah. I can live with that. It's like yeah. if if it's if it at least. It's not like it doesn't look like somebody fucking like uh, put a crowbar in the body line and then uh, yeah. <laughs> tweaked it out. You know what I mean? Um, I would. Yeah. I think that's your. I think that's your first option and your best option yeah. because you don't want to spend two thousand dollars getting it fixed. So like, and going through the trouble of like finding a fender and you know all yeah. the processes and stuff. So if you bring it to Kevin and and City Dent, have him. I guarantee he can get it like ninety five percent there. I'd be stoked where with that. Yeah. It'll be acceptable for you. Yeah. And then you just throw some pour fifteen on it and uh, paint and paint that part black and and hide it right with yeah. a little use some JB Weld or some Bondo or something to kind of like fill it and yeah. you're good. That sounds good. Yeah. I'll, and I'll then try. when someone opens, then when someone opens their car door into it in yeah. a month, you won't be like, "Fuck, yeah. I just painted that old fender." Yeah, dude. The, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Like the dings on this car. Are fucking and you insane. won't be like, "Oh man, this fender looks so good. The rest of the car looks like shit." <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, know it's exactly, all. It's like dude. super shiny. Well, I, I have to like. Yeah. I have to do like like as Warren said. I have to tell him like it's a, treat it like a like a fifty or like a. 50s of uh, Ferrari and say, you have to match the patina, man. Like, you know, it's got to be, you know, you can't re- over restore it here, man. You got to make it look yeah. kind of like GP, it was sprayed. GP Concours. Exactly. Got to take it to, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm Struggle sorry it bothers real, you dude. so much. Well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, it's not, it's like, it's painful to post. I'm not going to post it, but I mean, I'll, I'll share photos with you guys. I took some pictures of it. <laughs> um, painful to post. Um, well, keeping on the E30 uh, theme, I'm going to take over here, Art. Hope you don't mind. Go for it. After Temp- 30 minutes there. Minutes. Um, uh, I know people have been keeping track at home, and I don't want to keep them waiting, but uh, mud flap clip update. Dang. Here we are, oh boys. Gosh. You've you've barely even driven this car, so <laughs> we're back. Um, I found some BMW trim clips that are are great, but I had only used the same number that the mud flap called for, and it didn't work. Okay. So what do you do? I put five on <laughs> five clips all next to each other, holding the mud flap clip or mud flap to the body of the car. 
So I did a little test drive, nothing major, definitely not like full rally, but a um, couple little scrapes here and there, and everything is stable and still together. All right. Okay. So I may have found a solution. I think I just had to like, I might need to put clips the entire length of the mud flap. <laughs> so, <That's> so <laughs> at any rate, um, it's not factory uh, perfect, but it is a BMW clip. So people can, you know, rest easy. Um, there's been no screws or drilling going on as people and rivets Dude. as people hastily recommended. So, I mean, basically what I, my, my thought was, I don't know what the, what you call those, but you know, those clamps that have a screw on one side, like, like yes. I was picturing like a little, but you one can of that. see that. No, well, what if it's, on you the, can see those are, oh, you can. So what if you put this, like, like, like really, if you looked, if you looked at, if you looked at the tire, you're going to see that, that little clamp sticking out. Okay. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it isn't very, it's very very far from the edge of the body. So like you would see this kind of big clamp. Gotcha. Gotcha. So these are flush and they're also, you know, black and very streamlined. Are they hella flush or just flush? I don't think they're hella flush. They're more like hecka flush. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Uh Yeah. JC in the house, but they're not hella hecka. Yeah. That would be insane. So anyways, that's that. Um, That's my E30 update for now. And then uh, my, my Mercedes wagon, my daily driver, uh, E320 W211 wagon S211 um, headlight bulb Whoa, big update yeah dang. doing that by the way very appreciative that this car does not have any fancy headlights yeah, it's um, not like the Lexus no and uh, it's just a regular uh, H7 bulb but it's in like one of those housings that like if you look at the headlight it looks HD it's like a kind of a bulby concave HD? piece of glass mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, you know, <laughs> HID. Oh, oh, so it has like a projector. <laughs> yeah. even. High intensity discharge. It's it's not that, but it is in a um, a lens that looks a projector. that way. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It looks like a projector, yeah. but it's it's just a regular bulb. Um, we always joke to the shop, though, that you would rather do like a timing belt or a tranny replacement than do a headlight or a wiper because <laughs> because it's like. Your hand has to go in there. You need another tool. They get cut and, up. Your hands. And for get... some reason, those are always the things that customers would just stand and watch you. Oh, nice. You're like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, this is neat. <laughs> I like watching. You're like, huh. Also, a uh, little tip here for the DIYers. Um, if you take your wiper blade off, set the arm down softly while you prepare the new blade. Ooh. Do not leave that bitch hanging up mm-hmm. because the wind comes along. Whack. That's a windshield. So... Yeah. Don't learn the hard way. Um, and then the other one is the door trim um, on the sill of the door. It says Mercedes-Benz. Very nice. Uh, plaque popped off. And they have so it's the interior door sill. Interior door sills. Yeah. And they have shitty white clips um, that are actually come preloaded with the door sill. You're supposed to buy the $80 door sill with the clips. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they sell the clips now. But I have to like pry up how the clips are installed and slide them in. And anyways, it's not yeah. a big deal, but I haven't got around to it. So I'm riding dirty right now. Oh, I yeah, hope you guys don't mind. Just, and it yeah. bothers me so much, Art. Yeah. I can barely sleep. Yeah. And I've, <laughs> I'm know, starting a Kickstarter. You know what you should do is you should take it to one of those um, like Concord restoration places in Pebble Beach and, and have them do it right. You know, you don't want to. I think I will. You don't want to just, I think I will. Yeah, what, you're st- what you're telling me really bothers me because I can tell that you're going to pry on the clips and then it's going to bend the metal and then it's not going to be perfectly straight. And like, you know, so then it's going to be horrible. Dude. I have a whole process <laughs> I have to do. It's uh, maybe I'll do a little story for the DWA. Oh, there you but, go. Yeah, uh, yeah, story it. 
No, uh, actually, no. DTM somebody Scott. requested Vanagon, Vanagon content, so please, uh, Vanagon stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I will. Um, I got a new mattress for the Vanagon. Well, you know the type that have the, the like the little peaks. Yeah, like the sound editing material or the whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I added that to our memory foam mattress because sometimes when it's cold camping, the memory foam takes forever to warm up. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. It's like basically hard, hard as a rock, huh. you know, until you like slowly ease into it. By then you're like, you know, your arm's half asleep and you're, um, I don't know. It sounds like you got the wrong the density, bro. Yours is too firm. Get a softer yeah. one. Dude, <laughs> dude, it's super dense, bro. <laughs> um, okay, more Vanagon content. You got it. Uh, DTM Scott posted about his his daily driver, which I forgot. He has a wagon like mine. His is a little fancier, uh, V8 formatic. But um, just nice to see someone else appreciating these cars because they're pretty unloved. Mm. They're very just like blah. No one really thinks about them cars. But yeah. I've been pretty lucky with mine. I wouldn't. It's more of like but a. But that's why, I, right? They're very. It's just a. It's a means of transportation it's, it's a solid means mean means of yeah but i feel like bmws get more more love just for being the sportier you know competitor um but good station wagon his is, his is interesting too because it is a v8 um v8 wagon but um yeah mine's been pretty damn good so thinking recently about replacing cars but i talked to a buddy of mine who's in the used car dealership like modern used cars and uh Man, it is uh, prices are insane. I guess because of that chip shortage, um, used car lots are very low inventory. Mm. And uh, they were saying Toyota of Santa Cruz, they usually hold about 300 cars. They had have 75. Damn. Used cars or new cars? No, total. Yeah, total used and new. And they last month was their a record month for them sales wise. Wow. And this month they're already passing it. It's the 27th right now. So it'll be this will be their record month. They cannot sell or keep cars on the lot at all, which I don't really understand. Not that we need to get into economics here and COVID and dude, like houses are insane. All the cars are selling for more than retail prices at auctions. Like it's just very bizarre to me. You think it would mm-hmm. be the opposite of that? No one's going anywhere. No one has to go to work. You don't need a new car. Yeah. yeah. Am I missing something? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, dude. understand all, it. Like, yeah, it's uh it's a crazy world out there, Warren. Like it's I said, like I swear a new sprinter pops up around like I see a new one every day in my neighborhood. It's like how you just went and bought this like hundred thousand dollar out or hundred plus thousand dollar outfitted sprinter yeah. van, dude. Because they're well, like this is they're all outfitted. It's not like they're like stock ones, you mm-hmm. know. This is the weirdest thing, is like your your cayenne art may be worth more today than it was when you bought it. Oh really? Which is unheard of with new used That's cars. Crazy. That is, he he bought an ML uh, Mercedes for thirty four and put eight thousand miles on it. His his uh, mother in law sold it for four grand more at auction. Whoa! Jeez. At auction. At auction. Yeah, that's like yeah. At auction. Yeah. So all the used car dealer or all the dealerships are looking for any cars to just have on their lot. Mm-hmm. So. It's insane though. Putting mileage on a on a modern car and it's going up in value, yeah. unless it's a collector car. Yeah, there's, it makes no sense at all. So, I don't know. It was kind of mind blown yesterday. Yeah, that's, my that's, mind grapes or whatever. Yeah, um, I did. I did see that. Like, uh, like um, you know, there were a few articles about that, but I thought it was all like cars that were like 
lightly used, right? I guess that's what you're describing, like the ML and stuff. They yeah. are, yeah, they are lightly like used. Like a couple for years sure, old or still, whatever, right? But it's like, yeah, like, and like Toyotas around here, Tacomas and stuff. I mean, they're unbelievable how they hold their value. And big trucks, like he said, he bought a a really low mileage, top of the line F one fifty, or maybe it was an F two fifty, but you know, platinum edition, blah blah blah, seventy eight thousand dollars, and the book on it was like seventy nine nine. It sold at auction for eighty two to a wholesaler, who's then going to sell it on their lot mm-hmm. for eighty five for a used truck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it well, doesn't make it's, sense. It's, it, yeah, supply and demand, right? It's it's amazing though because like the whole the artificial like depreciation of new cars like is is now very apparent right it's like oh as soon as you drive it off the lot it's like ten thousand dollars less or whatever but it's like why like it's still the same it's still like you know and so now this is kind of like totally um like showing that and potentially changing that moving forward we'll see how this goes but but it it only changes it because there's not a a a supply of new cars right yeah the supply has dwindled yeah Yeah, because I, i guess that's the only reason it it does that so but i mean i wonder how many of those people are like first time like new in quotation mark car buyers because like now does that mean that that person is like shit you why am i going to go buy a new one now that those are more expensive like when that changes when i can buy one that's lightly used for significantly less we bought that 2018 f-250 and it was fantastic i don't know that's just kind of a my thought process on that. yeah but but you could i mean there's also new cars or you know the reality is there's there's you know in most like not right now but six months ago there's always money on the hood there's uh there's crazy there's crazy financing so there's yeah, always incentives that actually those are the incentives, that actually yeah. make that car not not that much more than a used car really mm. like in reality it's actually a lot of times a new car like if you're looking at subarus or hondas in a lot of cases the new car is actually the better value than the used car like people are buying the used car because they see that they see that number of like oh the new one's 27 and I can get this one for 22. But in reality, you, there's money on the hood of that new Subaru. Um, there's like $2,000 cash back. And there's 0.9% financing. And there's a new car warranty with like, you know, all this stuff that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And then on the used car, you're getting it, you're paying, you're doing like 4.9% financing. You know, and your pe- like there's so there's a there's a lot of things there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and you especially know. moving forward, I mean, obviously, new cars are new cars. Right? There's going to be new models. There's going to be all that. So that's yeah. always appealing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting though. It's crazy time. So he's been I, buying. Uh, I was just going to finish this real quick. He's been buying cars off Craigslist and then taking them to a wholesale auction, and yeah. usually that would not be his business it's model. It's usually at all, the opposite, right? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so, like David Graham uh, and his son were doing, or you know, beginning of COVID with bicycles, buying them yeah. off Craigslist and next door, and then putting them back on Craigslist for you know, you know, doing small, cleaning up and stuff, doubling and, the money and doubling basically. their money because yeah. bike shops were all sold out of bikes. Mm. I know. I just it's very strange to me. I thought people would kind of like be conserving their money and they don't need a new car because they're not going anywhere, but apparently not. So yeah. Yeah, I wonder it's, if it's that is world. that regional though like is that is that California is that like affluent areas is that like where I wonder where that I don't is. think it's regional yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of across the board and maybe maybe it's magnified here but I think it is a because people would buy cars all they would buy them all over they yeah. just get them shipped right if that was if there were deals to be had you yeah. know um but uh yeah it's it's really strange so 
I don't know. I don't know what's going to mean long term. I feel like I keep saying that the shoe's going to drop, you know, the other shoe's going to drop kind of thing, or it's going to finally even out, or there's going to be some bubble popping. But um, I've been saying that for six months, so I don't know anything. Yeah. A fool. Bubble pop. But how, how, how's your Doge coin, though? Is that doing well? Doge coin? Yeah. I wish I had some. I don't have any of that. <laughs> I haven't checked the uh, I haven't checked my other one in a while. That's more of a just set it and forget Squanto, it. Squanto, where was it called? Uh, Art, I'm looking at your pictures right now. How do you sleep at night? That is just seriously, oh. isn't that crazy? So bummed about that. God damn, poor guy. <laughs> Have you looked into um, BetterHelp? I think they offer online oh, the, yeah. um, counseling. And send or... them these pictures first, or how does it work? Do I, do I have to show them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they don't, they have to know what they're dealing with, and this is oh, probably is that like their... a counseling platform or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, well, I'm sorry well, I mean, about your loss. I'm telling you, I mean, this is this is this is how crazy I am right now. The fact that you said that you only were changing one headlight bulb really bothered me, but I didn't say anything because I can't Ooh. just change one headlight bulb and then the other one's gonna be all bright. Like, dude, what the fuck? Change both? Oh, bright? Yeah. I don't think the intent. Yeah, the- they change. I mean, they wear like they ah, have gas come inside. On, dude. Yeah, over time they become dimmer. That's why you're like, oh, that's a normal thing. So like. If I would usually just change both headlight bulbs. That's like I thought like that's pretty standard, isn't it? I'll just change it when it goes out. No, I'm, I'm crazy. Fine. Everything's fine. I'm crazy. You are crazy. Yeah. So I just sent you another picture to see if maybe you can sympathize a little more. Like, look at that rust just eaten away at the bottom of my fender. I'm gonna send this to someone in Illinois, like in Ohio or something. They're gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. It's pristine. Right, One... That is pretty bad. I'd be kind of thanks, Warren or Lane. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is pretty bad. What's that? S- that bolt going through there. That's the bolt holding the fender to the fucking pinch weld. Yeah, thing. I don't really love that. Yeah. I'd replace the fender. Yeah, so I think that's going to be the move, and then just um, uh, just try to get it to a good shop that'll do a good job. Yeah. Um, hey, just open your wallet, dude. <sighs> I can recommend, yeah, not, recommend a few. Not something that, yeah, it's like not a place that I want to be spending money. <laughs> you know, but, exactly. Um, yeah, so there you go. Spend a th- like a quarter of the value of the car just to get that one little thing fixed. Dude, I'm going to, yeah. But I hey. To, um, yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> did you hashtag tuna no crust on here? Yeah, hell yeah, I did. Dude, his license plate frame says that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. That's a shout out to Joe Polo. Uh, he got me that license plate frame a long time ago. And um, I was actually super sad that I, I misplaced it. I couldn't find it. And um, <laughs> I felt so bummed that because I, I really wanted to put it on that I actually told Joe. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I lost the license plate frame. I kept it. I, I actually pulled it apart from my other stack because I have a stack of license plate frames and um, I didn't want it to get fucked up because, you know, they're painted and I didn't want it to get scratched. So I, I put it somewhere else. And that was like the that was the, the, the flaw, the, the deal breaker or whatever the you call death. it. The death of it all. Because <laughs> the then all. I um I found it, of course, in a cabinet um, <laughs> in my garage anyways. Uh, but I already had ordered another one because I, I was like, I reached out to Joe. I'm like, dude, like, I feel shitty. Like, can you tell me where you bought it so I can get another one? And uh, so now I'm going to have two of them. Uh, Warren, if you're interested, right. I know you're into nice. Fast and, and Furious. Then, and that goes well I'm with your interested. Paul Walker sticker that you have that says, like, oh, if I died smiling. A, I'm racing in heaven yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Don't be sad because yeah. I died smiling or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I died driving. Or, yeah, Haters yeah. going to hate. Just go back to your roots, Art. Exactly, dude. Yep. Um, are you guys ready for some questions? Or Lane, do you yeah, have any updates? Do, oh, do you have I, updates? I mean, I have a minor update. But yeah, I minor got, threat. Uh, Give us a minor I threat. I got a FOA, FOA front splitter, or I guess Airdam. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Airdam for the 944. Chin splitter? So I, I got it off the best. Uh, 
auction site for rad car stuff, uh, radforsale.com. Yeah, I've heard of purchased it. it. Um, the seller was super nice, and uh, he was like on top of like way more on it than I than I was as the buyer. I was like, All right, cool, dude. I'll like get back to you soon. You know, kind of thing. He was he was on top of it. Sweet. Um, he packaged the thing very well, like where there was, and he even like had a diagram of like he sent me a thing of where to cut the box so I wouldn't destroy the spoiler. Nice. Wow. Uh, like he was he was super on top of it. But yeah, I received that on um sunday and uh it looks i i kind of put it up to it i haven't installed it yet but it's gonna fit perfect it's really nice it's like sweet like no gaps or anything the only thing is because my car has a aftermarket front end um which is the exact same shape and everything as the stock front end it's just that it's fiberglass and it doesn't have that much of a lip on the bottom where these basically the the lip spoiler has these bolts that are injected, inject or molded into the 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 spoiler, and they're so the bolts go up, and then it has these clamps that go on top of the bolts, and you put a nut on, and those clamp down to sandwich around this little lip yeah. on the front end behind, so it's all hidden. Um, my lip is not very is not really there essentially uh so i'm gonna have to fab up some little l brackets basically i'm gonna have to buy some little pieces of l like aluminum or something okay. bond them to the back of the spoiler and then it'll go onto that so it's gonna take a little fabbing and that's because you have an aftermarket front bumper right that's, that's the, only yeah, yeah. yeah if i didn't it would be i could even make it it, I could put it on right now and it would work like going around the block and stuff, but it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, the right thing to do right now. Basically. Right. It's, it would well, fall off. Yeah. You I definitely don't rallying. want that. Yeah. Like it, when you're moving yeah. with speed too, like it's the whole thing is it's supposed to actually have resistance. Right. And like, yeah, <laughs> supposedly it actually like makes the front end a little more planted. That's cool. Stuff, so. Yeah. The, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely no, I, I think I mentioned that with um, the, the, the most apparent thing between a 73 Carrera RS, the 911 RS and a 75 MFI mm -hmm. Carrera, which is, you know, same drivetrain, essentially the same car, but one's a G body, one's yeah. the earlier one, is how planted the front end feels at speed. And it's and it has that On the lip. 75. Yeah, the 75 has yeah. that lip. Yeah, and, and it makes a big difference. Um, It's it's very surprising. I mean, because it's, it's such a yeah. small little thing. But, and it looks fucking cool, too. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, I mean, those are incredibly rare, dude. I was so stoked to have that on, yeah. on the site because, like, I, yeah. I was trying to find comps for pricing on that, dude. The last one I found was yeah. 10 years ago, and it wasn't even as nice as this one. Like, it, they're, yeah. they're very rare. And this one's, like, better. It looks better in person than it does in the pictures because he's, like, you know, they're, like, close-up photos and stuff. And, like, as a piece, it just looks, like, really good. Nice. So, yeah, I'm stoked on it. Sweet. It's all those little things, too, in your car lane that people are like, oh, 944s look so cool. Look at this one. It's, it's yeah. like, they're just such cool cars. And then when you see another one that's like bone stock, yeah. it's like all the little details, the mirrors, the Euro yeah. front end, the hood, you know, it just all adds to it, right? Yeah. So yep. yeah. another piece to the puzzle. Yep, exactly. I like it. Um, you guys ready for some questions? Let's do, Let's do this. It. Let's do it. Um Ewan Chapman says, I recently purchased a Suzuki Ignis Sport. What the heck is that? Uh, and I've ordered a genuine Suzuki small coin holder to replace one of the blank switch panels on the center console. 
Are there any small details on certain cars that have stood out as being cool or unique? I like this question. Ignis Sport is a little uh, hatchback. Um, yeah. A, little a like really tiny little... I can't tell if it's a K car or not. It kind of looks like K car in these pictures, but it's kind of cool. It's just a little sporty hatchback with a... And they have like a body kit and a rear spoiler. Um, looks huh. like cool wheels. Is yeah. it like that little Suzuki that came on the K rally? Oh, yeah, it is kind of. Nice. A little rally car. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, so what are little little small details? I mean, Lane, we were just talking about your car, and there are yeah. little details here. Well, and there, I, had a, I had a post about this on Radwood, I think, like three months ago or something. Basically, like, what are the details of your car that, you know, that you really love or that, you know, period, period, correct, like kind of cool details, stock or that you've added. Yeah. And uh, with the 944, there's a lot of those little things that um, that I like. And that's why I like the early cars, like the glove box lock, for example, has this little bronze Porsche badge that flips out of the way to get to the keyhole. And you just kind of twist that. And then that's cool. Um, I really I like the kind of the the tachometer that starts at what, like six o'clock or five o'clock and then goes and sweeps up and it's yellow. And um, I'm trying to think of other little details, you know, like the old German cars, like I think your car as well, Warren for the, for turning the defroster on, it basically has a code. No, uh, so it has a pic, a little picture of like how you're supposed to do it, how to do it, but it yeah. doesn't, there isn't like a defrost button. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of cool thing. And, uh, like on the 944 is the little Porsche indented, you know, into the rear of the spoiler. That's kind of cool. Um, and it's not like super visible or anything. It's tiny. Uh, yeah. Just little, little details like that, I guess. Yeah. There's a, on, on 80 civics, uh, like especially the EFs have like the really good version of this on the left side of the, of the drive, uh, when you're sitting in the driver's seat, left side of the cluster, right to kind of like where you would normally have your latch to open up your hood there's a little lever that um, opens up a vent that's independent from the rest of the uh, the hvac system so you can just let fresh air in and it and it's like directly to you it's like right on your chest and i love that thing of course it has little you know and you can adjust the the the, what do you call it the vent itself so it'll you know it could blast you in the face if you want but um, that's such a cool little thing. And it's just like a, you know, it's, it doesn't, it's not a complicated fancy thing, but, um, just having that nice little fresh air thing that you can switch on is nice. I really like that. Yeah, that's cool. cool. That's like the fifties cars had that where it would open that vent on the, on the cowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and that one's like even air. more mechanical, right? It's like a little lever that mm-hmm. full on <laughs> like pops it up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool though. I, I don't know if this is a, kind of in the same vein, but, um, any car like the Vanagon, and I, maybe your 944. No, I don't think they did it. But just having the body color metal door sill at the top edge of the door. Oh, okay. yeah. So like in my my van, it's a just white body color matching. Yeah, you know your rabbits had that. Rabbits, um, yeah. Bugs, yeah. But I just love that. I think that it's such a mechanical kind of a cool added thing to it. And um, it's not a hard thing to do. So... I don't know when that stopped, but that's a cool little feature. Yeah, I think even the GTIs didn't have that. They had a a plastic, like a cover over that. Like a vinyl cover that went up to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beatles, I think, do have it. Beatles have it. All the early Volkswagen stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and early Rabbits have it, too, just not GTIs. Okay. 
Um, um, but that is cool. It gives like a sense of like bringing the outside in and just that this is like this thing made out of metal, right? Yeah. It, it, I, I dig it. Yeah, there's a, there's so many cool things. Like I think every car has little thing. I even when I had a 240Z, I, I loved, you know, despite it, what it brings with it. But I loved having a choke. You know, so cool to have a mechanical choke that you had to like. Yeah, you had to like pull this thing in the morning to start the car, and then um, I don't know. It's just little like startup procedures. Things are kind of cool, and like the 911s with the with the little or 914s with the little red like handle. Um, to the right, you know, in the center of the driver in between the seats that you have to pull up to turn the heat on, you know, to open the heat valves. And uh, there's a lot of little stuff like that that yeah. I think it's kind of missing in a lot of new cars where they don't have a lot of individual individuality. All cars are, you know, a lot of that stuff's the same. Like the swing vents on the old, on the Mazdas and stuff. Super I just cool. think as they get to, yeah, screens controlling everything, eventually it is just going to be one, you know, common set of buttons on a screen and there won't be any procedures for any of that stuff right it'll all be voice command or you know Mm -hmm. siri talking to you um this is a long question but we don't have that many this morning so let's let's do it lincoln turns says while i'm not trying to beat a dead horse i'm honestly considering two cars that have been discussed over and over here on the podcast but maybe not compared one to one this will be purely weekend third car machine. No commutes, little if any track time, etc. So the choices are uh, 99 Porsche 996 C2 6-speed versus BMW E46 M3 6-speed coupe. Approximately $20,000 budget. Both examples I've found with 100 to 120,000 miles. Not low mile collector examples, but nicely maintained drivers. Uh, let's say IMS is fixed. Um, and Vanos subframe rod bearings are done on the E46. So all the big stuff is done. I've driven both and need some weigh-in. Having owned heavily modified machines in the past, E36s, 951s, Subarus, etc. I'm looking for that clean OE plus vibe while feeling relatively special out of the box. Sound, looks, maybe resale value, and general driving dynamics, all important. Discuss. I'm up here in Seattle and live in the city. Roads kind of suck, but mountain and rural drives are accessible within 25 minutes. Oh, man. It's so hard. It's like, all right. They're kind of apples and oranges, you know? It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, they're so different dynamically. And yeah. I mean, they're, the, the parts where they're similar is like zero to 60 time and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think maintenance, maintenance factor on the BMW is easier. You could yeah. work on them easier. Cheaper tires. I'm out on on just 996s that are. I mean, M96 powered 996s. I just can't. I, I can't do it. I mean, even the IMS thing is is the smallest problem those cars have now. You know, like we've talked about it before. Like there's there's some major problems uh, associated with those engines. I mean, you can look up like you know cylinder lining failures, head cracks. De- look up the D chunk failure. Like they're just they weren't very well made. You know, unfortunately, like the casting is very poor. So. Um, that just bothered I, I just you know it, it's a risk right you may or may not have that issue um you know and i mean you know the pricing that that warren i mean you've you've actually dealt with this particular engine uh replacement uh in the past but i mean i don't know what that what is that like a 10 grand repair <laughs> at least to well i mean yeah <laughs> you're talking about motor replacement so yeah yeah i mean a rebuilt motor on those is like 15 grand 
So yeah, and that's more, not labor. Yeah, yeah that's not getting a, a used so. one from a, a salvage yard, right? Like getting a yeah, yeah. Right, and right. then you, you don't want to go years because you want to have the those same issues, issues right? right? So yeah, you're you're, you're uh, yeah. It's it's basically you're paying you're playing the lottery there with the, that problem because many of them go high mileage without ever having that issue, and then others have had it earlier than this, so you would already know. Yeah, if you have a bad one, right? So that's something. Um, yeah, and then I think it's just a like a stylistic kind of vibe thing. Are you a Porsche person or are you a BMW person? They're so different, like Lane said. Yeah. It's like two different schools of of car, I don't know, enthusiast, enthusiasts, you know? It's also like which style of car do you want? I I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like it's hard for me to like recommend a 996 too because of those engine things, but – it is such a more pure sports car experience, dude. If you're comparing those yeah. two, it's like it is. Yeah. It's like, do you want a do you want a sedan based like kind of heavy car, or do you want a a really light? I mean, a nine nine six Gen one, like yeah. he's looking at a ninety nine. That's a that car weighs twenty nine hundred pounds, dude. It's like that's like that is a good like what five hundred pounds less than e e forty six M three. So it's kind of they're so different, dude, and. uh both super rev happy engines. I mean, if you want to look at just those those things, um, but if if you want that full on sports car vibe, it's kind of hard to argue with the Porsche. But then you have all those issues, obviously. So then I would say, well, how about looking at like a Cayman, you know, nine eight seven Cayman or something like that. But if you're if you like the BMW, then definitely go with the BMW. But you do have those things you need to fix, but I, I think the the upside as opposed to the Porsche is once you fix those problems, I think they're pretty good. So um, they're like fixable issues where the Porsche is like kind of band aids in a way. Right. Um, so you do have the rod bearings, and then you obviously have all the the mounts that rip apart. Right. Right. Yeah, I think this is comes down to. Okay, so he's also. Um, Kind of resale value wise, I think the E46 is wow, fuck. No, Porsche, 996 the 996s are doing so well right now. They're doing well too, yeah. Dude, and I just saw Gen One go for like thirty six the other day. <laughs> That's crazy. Right, right. They're they're getting crazy money. All oh, the, this is going to be over a hundred thousand cool miles. Is nuts, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I wish we had a better answer for you, Lincoln. But I would say for me personally, if I was going to work on this car and have to live with it, I would go with the BMW just because I'm more familiar and I think it's a better car to actually wrench on um, and maybe a little cheaper to do so. But uh, the engine thing scares me on the Porsche too. And I think I'm just more of a BMW guy anyways. I mean, obviously I own one, but you got to ask yourself, are you a you know Porsche owner or BMW guy? They're well, too different. Had, he's had both, so. Would you? Uh, get, yeah, I mean. All right, uh, average enthusiasts. If you had the skills and equipment, what part would you three D print for your project cars besides art center caps? I don't really have anything on the list right so now. I don't either, and that's why I don't. It doesn't interest me that much. Yeah, um, I can't really three D print a dashboard because my dashboard's about to crack in half. That would look ridiculous. Um, although maybe if you sanded it down and stuff, it would look good i have no idea it's a lot of work dude no <laughs> you wouldn't want it. it's <laughs> I know. yeah it's 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 this weird material where i mean i know there's different materials the material that i worked with at least like it um it's hard enough to where like you require a very 
like a high grit sandpaper, like like you know, like a two twenty at least, you know, to actually make an impact on it. But then you have to be very careful because then you start to heat it up, and then it gets warped and soft and melts, and yeah, right, so it's like right. this. It's a it's a tricky thing. Yeah, um, I think small yeah, small parts where it's at, or I guess like a like cup holder or something like that, right? Right, right. That's a good call. Actually, there's a a lockout switch on BMWs. I think it's for the uh, passenger uh, window. And for whatever reason, every single E30 I see that plastic turns to like this weird, like flaky brown color and every other switch is like fine. I don't know what the deal is. Even like good replacement ones are all like worn out and weird looking. So I would print that if I had the skills, but I definitely don't. But realistically, you would just have someone make a mold and make a new one. I know, right? Nicer than a printed because then you print you, it man. then you have to paint it like you want a painted piece out there like <laughs> you know well yeah I, I should just take this one out and paint it yeah all black exactly but. you're doing the same thing but you have a perfect piece right right it's so weird how this one wears art is yours like that no you have, it's fine you have power windows is it maybe what? it's a sun thing like it needs to be exposed to uv or something and your car was just never your in the sun. Your car was never well, in the sun. I don't know. It seems like my gra- my car has been garaged its whole life. So I don't know. Like that probably helps, right? Like I mean, like it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Just like the top. The, why is our? Why 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 is the? T- I guess my car is being garaged. Why is the back? Why is not visible? The top part of the rear seat of your car all cracked, Warren. Why isn't mine in perfect condition? What? <laughs> isn't that like yeah. a th- like a thing? Yeah, right? answer me that. Mine isn't cracked. I, I actually haven't seen yours, but it's like a known thing. Why is your parcel tray <laughs> shitty, Warren? Yeah, why or is your rear what, da- dash? There you go. It's not cracked. What are you Might talking about? Why is it all cracked. faded? Yeah. His is perfect. Oh, it's, it's faded. I know. And Art's paint, for some reason, has all been painted and stuff and mismatched. And yeah, that's even scarier, right? If rusty. it was garaged, why was it repainted? By the way, uh, shouts out to uh, Dom, who is a podcast listener and is in possession of the Mighty Max door handle to be 3D printed. Oh, there you go. So so we'll see how that turns out. What the heck? He was all about it. He works in a big 3D printing uh, facility, and he's going to print a new one. So oh. I'll let you know how it turns out. But uh, Dom, thank you, and uh, Godspeed to you. All right, Yeti Overland. Um, carbs and a three-speed manual or EFI and a four-speed auto. Is even a question? Carbs, dude. Carbs in a three-speed manual. By the way, I've driven a three-speed manual. It is weird. I've driven three on the tree. I've never driven like a... Mustangs, right? It was a there... must, like a 77 Mustang or yeah. something. Uh, three on the floor? Three or on tree? the floor. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never driven a... Oh, funky. wait. No, I have. Frankie, have Frankie had one. Yeah, Frankie's. Yeah, I drove that one, the green one. Yeah. And that exactly. was three on the floor, right? Yep. Yeah. But that was a thing from yeah. like the first one, right? Like I'm, I remember, man, I was a kid, but my uncle had like a 66 or seven and I couldn't, I mean, seven's obviously very different, but I remember being a kid and, and thinking it was that body style and it had three on the floor too. So that, that was like a base model six cylinder yeah, thing, right? Cause exactly. the, the V8s had four on the floor. Um, this one actually Frankie's was like a 72 or 73. So it's like that big body. Okay. Big body one. The ugliest maybe Mustang. Maybe 74. Ever. It looks like a tamale. Yeah, no. Well, you think it's worse than like a uh, 77? Not a Mustang 2, but yeah, exactly. it's so bad. It yeah, is they're, so, they're bad. so Especially bad. the notches. So bad. It's disgusting in every way. Yeah. And they're huge. The interior is so ridiculous, too. Yeah. 
highest sills in the back. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, manual is the. But choice. at least they're slow. Yeah, exactly. And art, would you sur- would you even survive? I would not survive. That's the question. I know. Yeah. You wear a gas mask. I know. Uh, Mr. B. Phelps says, "How good does Art's car look?" Oh, Ooh. hey, it's all it's yeah, Art. That'll keep you going, huh? Movie magic. That'll keep you going. <laughs> I know how much editing has to I be mean, done. I mean, dude, there's there's a little corner of the driver's side fender that's rusty, so it's basically the salvage title at this point, right? So <laughs> it's for sale anyway. That's right. Uh, Fun Hog says, "So when accelerating to highway speed, I will often take the third to fifth speed shift." Well, because who doesn't like to wind out third rather than loaf through fourth? If skipping or missing a gear on a downshift is a money shift, then what is the term for skipping the upshift? And if there isn't one, I'm placing it on your domain to make one up. Wow. Um, I'm not a skipper, dude. (laughs) You're a skipper, dude. What kind of car does he have? Uh, I don't know. Um, Because I think if you're, that's something you do if you have like a torque EV8 or something. Alan Yearling. Yeah. That's like the Corvette. Like in the 920, in the 928, I would skip gears sometimes. And I would start in second a lot. So. Um, (laughs) But you're, everyone knows you're a skipper, Lane. But I know I'm a skipper. I skip everywhere I go. You do. skip to my loop. And you're happy to do it. So I don't know why you're so fired up. Yeah. I'm a good skipper. Um, So skipping Um, a shift, if it's a money shift is is blowing it um this is a uh savings account shift mm. yeah know. because you're saving fuel or something because you're not revving it out right right but and the and money shift is because you're spending money because you're gonna blow your engine right yeah how about us this is a skippy peanut butter skippy p mm. <laughs> skip to my loo hmm. i don't know I don't know what the name is, but I definitely don't do that. I like fourth gear is pretty nice, actually. I like fourth gear. Right, because you're missing a whole I don't like experience. fifth at all. Like, fifth is like when I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on this highway for a while and there's no traffic. Yeah. But <laughs> By the way, how soon after do you realize that, though, do you actually shift into fifth? Is it right away or you're like, you know, it's been 20 minutes. Maybe now I can go into fifth. Dang. Yeah, it's about that. <laughs> and our our lane never uses cruise control either. Oh, so it's if I'm driving neat. from Santa Cruz to Capitola, I'm probably not going into fifth. Whoa, that far? Really? <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You would just instantly do it. Just like, why wouldn't you? I don't understand. There's not, there's like, if because there, there's always traffic and stuff. You're kind of like, you're, you're, well, you're cruising. You can go back to fourth, though. It's not like you're, you have to sign it up feel, for fifth. The for engine the rest of your just life. feels so good in fourth at whatever <laughs> RPM that is, which is like 3,500 probably or something. It's pretty low in fourth gear. It's not like it's like winding. Well, that's out or the anything. thing, too, right? It's a 140 horsepower car, right? Like, I don't know how much torque, but, yeah. uh, that's you want to you want to be in the meat 50 foot pounds to, of torque or, something, or 140 foot pounds zip yeah. around the traffic no yeah because i yeah from, exactly from that section yeah you're probably when there is traffic you're probably going like 55 maybe right you're <laughs> so, always yeah. in traffic there's people merging on the highway and and merging off and stuff so it's just a i think fourth's a nice gear to be in i like just to rev out fourth like it's just fun like when you're because you're going yeah. fast and like you, you it's just a I don't know. That's a, it's a good one. Fourth gear is a good one. And you get the shift straight yeah. up into third. And then that downshift into second is yeah. even better, you know. Fifth's just straight up economy gear, right? Yep. Yeah. Straight. Totally. Uh, Monty23PSK says, what is your take? 
What is your take on the E30 market? Seems like prices keep blowing up when looking at BAT. Almost a mini 911 bubble from a few years back. Is this good or a bad thing for the enthusiasts? By the way, 911 bubble is back. It's crazy right now. Like really? mid year, mid years are getting forty five grand and so yeah, it's and water cooled stuff here. And water cooled stuff's insane. Like nine nine sevens, like with a manual, it. you can't, dude. Sixty grand, dude. Yeah, nine nine ones, uh, point ones, right? Yeah, going for big money. Yeah, point ones. Well, yeah. we've been saying it for a while that those yeah. are going to be good cars to buy. <laughs> but E so. thirties are where they should be, dude. Yeah. Like the real, like the reality is like, or they should be higher. I mean, for good cars, you know, like. I think good cars demand, you know, deserve to get good money. It's like the the E30. If you're looking at a fifteen thousand dollar E30, that's like really nice shape, dude. What what else are you gonna buy for fifteen grand? Like the, a new car. Like you can't find a new car for fifteen grand. You're gonna get a what is? We went over this. Like cheapest new car is some shitty Nissan Versa for fifteen grand, right? So yeah, when you look at it like that, it's like they're they're in the right place, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I agree. And I think, you know, there's like those exceptions as always, right? Like people see that one extremely rare M-Tech 2 factory car from like the South yeah. Africa spec, whatever. With IS. confetti interior yeah, and it has 2,000 miles yeah, on like it. That's yeah. like a $75,000, $80,000 car, whatever. But it's like, and even then it's still like not outrageous, right? It's a very special car. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very special version of a really cool car. So, um, and it's, it's. Yeah a rare car so it makes sense yep yep um is it good for enthusiasts e- though was the second question and i think it's like and oh, i yeah, think yeah. you know we've talked about this a little bit before it's like it's i think it's it's fine um especially because that means we get to see more like more are preserved and more are being restored and more like we're gonna see nicer cars out there like i hate you know we, we talk we, same with 944s and 928s like the same thing happened to these cars recently where yep. in the last five years like they've become you know, valuable enough that it's actually worth maintaining them and keeping them on the road and restoring them, you know, and like that's, that's great to see. Right. It's and now they're, they're worth more. And it's like this, it's this, uh, what do you call it? Like an ecosystem, right. Or whatever. It's like this whole yeah. thing. Dude, they're worth, also- yeah, they're worth maintaining, worth fixing, worth keeping on the road. Like now you see them driving around the streets rather than like sitting in yards rotting, you know? And well, there's also something to be said for, yes, the price of entry has gone up, but your investment will either hold value or go up in value. Exactly. So it's going to cost more to to get in, but um, it's a safer investment than it ever has been. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's all relative, right? Yeah, and it'll, it'll be an easier car to move on f- from if you need to move on in the future as well. So it'll Absolutely. just be an easier car to sell, and you'll sell it for probably more than you paid. Yeah. Which is a new thing for even like the lower, lower tiered E30s. That wasn't happening. So yeah. it's cool. Uh, Peter B993 says, now that Ken Block has joined the Safari 911 scene, have we reached the peak of Safari 911 market or mm. jumped the shark? I is it time know. to sell and start a new project? Yeah, it's time, dude. <laughs> it's time. You're done, dude. Play it out. Play it out, Peter. Um, I think it's played out. I, I would ignore that shit, right? Like, if uh, you what is it? What is I it that you enjoy it. out of your 993 Safari car, right? Is it is it that it's like a niche hipster thing, or is it that you love the experience and you love to look at your car? You know, it's like I don't know. Um, that's my take on it. I don't. I I wouldn't care what's going on out there. 
I didn't know that Ken Block got a Safari 911. I don't I didn't see either. it on his feed. Oh, wait. Is that what that? No. Oh, that's a Safari car? Hmm. That's a lame-ass Safari car. That's, I guess it is. <laughs> what year is it? What, what it's year like an older one. It's like, it's so weird. I just look at it as a side profile. It has a backdated front end, but then the rear doesn't look back then. Oh, wait a minute. No, but he's like legitimately racing. And it has a racing. whale tail. Um, so Lane, he, uh, I actually haven't seen the Oh, car, it is I, East Africa's Safari Classic Rally. Yeah, yeah he's he actually is. racing it in the East yeah. Africa Safari so Rally. So I guess it's a good car, <laughs> yeah. but they did uh, a weird... It's weird that it has an old front end, like an 80s rear end, and then it has, yeah, 1552s, it looks like. Um, and I guess it's it, it has big wheels... They're like they're like um, pretty aggressive um, Toyo tires, but they're they're not. They're only like, they look like fifty series. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, Peter, I don't know, man. That's always tough because we associate Pete with this nine nine three, but I can see he doesn't have unlimited space to have a different project. Um, and I'm sure you know money is also a factor. So. Um, this is always difficult when we have friends that have this car that we are so used to seeing them in. And it's like, well, no, that's part of your, your identity, but he has done a lot with it. He's been on multiple rallies. He's gone on solo dirt expeditions. He's, um, and he graduated from the dirt fish rally class. So he kind of knows what's up. (laughs) I know. So what, what more are you going to do with this thing? I just keep rolling it. Is this your your car forever? Well, he's also one of. I mean, how many 993 Safari cars are there? You Dude, never I've, see them. I've never it's seen. It's so like, rare. I don't even know if I've seen another, you know? So what would it do if you sold it on Rad for Sale? What yeah. would that thing do? I don't know. I think it would get a lot of attention because it is like kind of one of one, at least uh-huh. around these parts. I Such don't know a, if any others. So Super cool car. I think uh, it's one of those things, too. We're so used to it. And it's like, but if we were to see it for the first time, we'd be like, man, that's, blow us away. that's pretty yeah. rad. Yeah. And I have driven it. I'm just going to say that right now. And I don't fit in the seat at all. But cool. I'm still rad. Um, let's see. Okay, a couple more questions here. Uh, Wheel E Dan says, are 16s too big for the E30? Yes. Art, explain yourself. No. It all de- we've talked about it before, right? It all depends on the design. I know. Right? It's all about the design. Some of them look way uh-huh. too big, and some look right. Like I th- mine are sixteens, and I think they look perfect. I mean, it's it's. I think it looks like fifteens, dude, because they're the multi-piece wheel. Multi-piece wheels. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sixteen. Sixteen Alpina multi-spoke. Not good. Spoke look terrible. Awful. Or not terrible, just too big. They look like wagon wheels, dude. Yeah, yeah. They look way too spindly. Um, but Arts has a lot of meat to it, so he's a meaty boy. Yeah, you know what's funny is, is that all the tuner cars in the in the all the E30 tuner cars had 16s in the 80s. Like the Hartkes were 16s. They all there's a few other ones too. I actually recently found out about. Well, I don't know if you guys have heard of these. Um, it's called a Matis. Have you heard of those E30 tuners or mm-hmm. tuned E30s? I guess it was so dude crazy. Like I mean, just when you think you fucking M A T M A T M A double T H I S M A M A double T H E S. Um, just when you think you huh. know you know everything about E30s, <laughs> like this, something like this pops up, dude. Like so, um, it, this tuner used to put the M1 motor into into E30s, and they also did oh, um, nice. the five series engine, and I think they did the seven series engine, which is essentially it's the same if it's a 745 or whatever. Um, I can't remember or a 735. All the stuff I'm seeing when I type that in is like super modern kind of build. So if you type in E30, uh, it was the it was called the 335i. 
Hmm. And, they, and they put I the did type in 830 and I'm going to pictures and all I see is like modern slammed it's like stance nation shit. That's what art's into. 16s, right? Yeah. Uh Mathis, M A T T H E S. Yep. And let me send you I just E30. Yep, that's what I googled and that's I'm getting nothing but E30s, so I'm not sure how Lane spelled it, but uh, No, I'm getting E30s, but they're not I'm just getting M A T T H I S. No, E S. Anyways, well, but yeah. So we'll take the, this the reason air, I found I I found this like super randomly is because I was um I was looking for old um like period road tests of E30s and I wanted to see mm-hmm. what the original the U S spec eighty seven three three twenty five IS road test was like and like what the comparos they made and um I found pictures of this Mattis car and there was another one called a K three. Which is also um, another tuner that put six cylinder or sorry three point five liters into E30s, and uh, there was an Alpina in the mix, and they compared it against the E30 M3 at the time. It was the tuners versus the E30 M3, and um, all of them ran sixteen inch wheels, which is, you know, what they did in period. Mm. I'm just seeing like modified E30 M3s, but they don't look that different. Oh yeah, but, I uh, see, I see. But I'm seeing like a lot of Alpinas coming up and stuff, so I don't know. Um, yeah, there were so many different tuners back then making weird wide bodies and uh, turbos and all sorts yeah, of Yeah, so these are, stuff. so both, the, I had never heard of K3 and I had never heard of um, uh, Mattis or how the hell you pronounce that. And um, and so they're pretty subtle. They, they're they not flared or crazy. Like they're, they're look, they look more like an M-Tech 1 body kit, like that style. Uh, yeah, and I, ju- I just sent you guys a picture, but anyways. Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I, see it. Yeah, I, I agree though with Warren. I think the, the Alpina style looked too big in 16. I do. I think a like a BBS mesh wheel looks all right in a six. Looks good Especially in a three piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, three piece. Like any three piece where three pieces usually look pretty tiny. Where you're like, oh, that's a seventeen. It looks like a sixteen. You know, and same thing with like a sixteen looks like a fifteen. I think aesthetically, a normal if you have just a normal five spoke wheel, a fifteen is like the most appropriate wheel for an E thirty. So I, but in your case, are like your wheels because they're a three piece. I think it, they look great with a 16, and, and that affords you the spokes. right rubber and everything. Right. Which is great. Yeah, it's because the the face is yeah. smaller, right? Uh, that's like the mm-hmm. main thing. Yep. yep. Exactly. Um, all right. Last question here is from a person named 3D Lanes. Um, how do you convince your wife that she wants a wagon and not an SUV? <laughs> Uh, um hmm well you could uh play it uh like this um better handling safer somehow you can wrap that in dang shorter braking distances yeah yeah maybe i don't even know the modern suvs are so good yeah. now it's hard they're to even so say good. and there's so many i mean dude so i i it went sucks to argue thing. for the yeah. it sucks to argue for the suv but the reality is, if you have a small child, it's like way easier to get your children out. Um, it's and they like, like sitting high, mm-hmm. and That's it's way easier to like park in a parking lot and maneuver around a Target uh, in an SUV. You know, a small SUV, a big one, no, but like a CX five or you know that size vehicle. It's it's just there's kind of like not many downsides. Yeah, over a wagon, not anymore, right? Uh, yeah, there's really no. No, yeah. there's a lot of pluses. Really, yeah. it's like just. It's so much easier to get in and it they're they just drive so good now that yeah. it's not like you're getting in a suburban or and a, there is something you know, about just walking into a car 
Like a suburban, you're jumping up into it. It's kind of obnoxious. Well, not a but, not a stock one, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're well, even they're that pretty... you are jumping, you're more jumping up into it than like a CX five or something. You're literally just walking into it. It's the easiest thing ever. Like a right. Forester, a CX five, like all that that size. A wagon, you know, a lot of you're kind of getting down into it and stuff. Yep, that is that uh, was the deal breaker for for me when so because I wanted to get a three series wagon when we got our when we went and got a new X one and like basically and not for me sorry for my wife um because we were you know she didn't give a shit about anything else like she's like okay safe for cool that's fine i don't care like handles whatever um but it's being able to get into it in and out of it easily and being able to get our kids in and out of it easily because she had like you know crazy back surgery some years back and like that's a big deal you know to be able to just kind of go in as lane is saying the egress ingress of a car is like probably the most important thing to her like um so that's where it's it's a it's a super difficult sell but that's my situation um i don't know yeah i guess try, try to like the other thing was just aesthetics right if she's into some, the way something looks like maybe try to find a wagon that she really likes aesthetically like that could be a thing i don't know yeah yeah i think that's something too i mean they're definitely more sporty um so if you're into more sports car look you know, BMW or an Audi wagon definitely has that going for it. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit tricky nowadays with SUVs and crossovers being so common and they're damn good. I and they're basically, they kind of are a wagon now, you know, it's they like, are, I mean, I mean that's they're, they're, they're built on a unibody. It's not like some crazy frame, you know, it's not a, you know, frame, uh, whatever body on frame construction. So they actually drive as, you know, I mean, they pretty drive good. like a wagon and then if, a lot of times people are getting like if they are getting a wagon they're getting an outback or something which is know, essentially a cx5 it's just a lifted, lifted. you know but it doesn't yeah, have so the roof line if their day-to-day driving involves a mountain road like you live in the hills and you're constantly you know kind of going up a canyon or something um you might be able to sell them just on the the performance of a wagon that's your only hope performance and styling otherwise good luck yeah all right it's trivia time Trivia time here. Um, got a couple auction results for you guys to think about. And some of these I think you'll have a pretty good idea of because they're fairly known models. And there's one on here that I would be shocked if you do well on. But we'll see. You guys surprise me sometimes, especially uh, old Lanathan over here. It's a pretty good pretty good track record uh let's start with the 1994 porsche 911 speedster what do you think of the speedster anyway how, how does that rank on your uh, desirability 94 so, uh, uh, i love 964, 964 speedsters <laughs> 994 yeah. speedster they're 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 uh polarizing i think but they've and i i don't think i liked them much in period the matchy matchy wheels and body you know body color wheels and the and the car but definitely they're they're they've grown on me i'm not i'm not in love with them like art is though they're so rad mm-hmm. i think they're awesome and i mean obviously they came with ricaro pole positions that came like yeah. that are upholstered a certain way which you could technically go and buy some pole positions but the fact that they came that way and they usually match like the the color um you know the color way of the a whole car as you said yeah, the matching wheels and that little 
the speedster humps in the back like it's such a cool profile yeah. to me i i really like certainly it. rad yeah i definitely want i mean i even looked into looking because i mean when you know 964 cabs were like dirt cheap i was like trying to figure out how to make a speedster and like <laughs> yeah, apparently you can buy the parts but yeah it's it's yeah but how do you do the windshield it's, it, it's deep that's what, yeah it goes it's like the the way that the windshield is framed it goes deep into the car into the body so like you have to replace that whole section it's like a huge ordeal people have done it that's but it's, it's not cheap yeah. So this one has 40,000 miles. It's a, a very light silver. Um, good looking car. Cup wheels. Um, they look funky with a top up. It's a very yeah. a bulbous. Same with like a 356. All, all speedsters with a, speedster yeah. with a top up, you know? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, they're higher in the middle than they are at the window. Yeah, exactly. That's why it looks so funky. But top down, I think it's okay. Um, all right. So 40,000 miles on a, on a decent. Uh, 994 Speedster. 964, yeah. 964. <laughs> Whoa, 994. He's living in the future uh, yeah. or something. I'm reading, I'm reading something that says 993. Sorry, 964 40,000 miles. Speedster. Hmm, it's not super low. It's low, but it's not super no. low. I'm going to go 165. Right. It's probably 165 pretty good. I haven't seen... I don't know this market at all. Like, I remember uh, like a good... Nine years ago, they were like in the 120 range, but I don't know what the market's done. Um, I'm gonna say 189. 189. Would it be surprised to know 132 at an RM Sotheby's auction? Interesting. Seems kind of low. Yeah, I know. Obviously, it seems low since we've all <laughs> yeah totally yeah. guessed way yeah. higher. So I, I've seen yeah. them into the two hundreds, but they're usually super low mileage cars. Yeah, like, huh? Yeah. That's surprising. All right, next one is a Mecham auction out of Kissimmee, Florida, nineteen ninety seven Toyota Supra Turbo, fifteenth anniversary edition coupe, black or tan leather, six speed, forty thousand miles. So pretty dang low. Um. Doesn't say much other than condition two. Um, seems like a good car, but black over tan manual, and this is a turbo. I don't know. You, Art probably knows this market way better, but does mileage a, is mileage a crazy thing on these? Like for value, it is. You would yeah. think it would. Is it all? Yeah, I know, yeah. but is it? It is kind of all about miles. When, it's when those. It's not like Ferrari status, but it definitely makes a big yeah. difference. Like I mean, um, like mm-hmm. a, a hundred and twenty thousand mile car is going to be you know low fifties, maybe high forties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas like a fifty thousand mile car is going to be one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty grand. Or something. Well, <laughs> there's your guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, but is this? 40 is probably low for a Toyota product. It's low. Yeah, I mean, yeah even for a sure. Supra. And, and of course, and, and, and also because of the way this thing, these things are built, like it literally does not matter mechanically at all. <laughs> you know, like it's like, yeah. it could be 200,000, yeah, exactly. 40,000. It, pr- it wouldn't be that big of a difference. I bet it would dyno. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it needs some crazy maintenance at 40,000. 39.302 on the odometer. Shiny factory paint shows, shows orange peel and polishing swirls. Factory chromed alloy wheels have scratches that need polishing. New Michelin Pilot Sport tires. Mm-hmm. Plastic headlight covers are clear without yellowing. Liftoff target style roof, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, factory cassette and CD player. All right, I'll let Lane go Exceedingly first. Exceedingly clean. Okay, my number is 80. 80. I'll go 130. Whoa. You guys are right in the middle there. 110. All right. 
110. One. What ten. color is it? Sorry. Black over tan. Mm. Not. Yeah, not like the a, a rare, interesting color or anything, but nice. I know. I mean, they look good in black. Um, 2011 Porsche 911 GT2 RS. This is a black, black car with 2,599 miles. Um, it is a 997 GT2 RS, well, one of 500 built, and only 142 oh, so cool. sold in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. so Black rare. with yellow stitching on the seating that matches the brake calipers, fitted with carbon fiber front fenders. Um, original MSRP was $271,000. Yeah. I had a customer Fancy. with one that the MSRP was like three thirty or something. Jesus. It was Fancy the highest MSRP of any of them. <laughs> This one's uh, condition one. It is a 2011 GT2 RS. Do you want to go? I've driven a standard or? one. Yeah. Uh, um. Shit, dude. This is so tough. How many miles you said? Like uh, 2,000? You said. Yeah, 2599. Okay. Jeez, dude. I have a number. But I'm gonna I say four twenty-five. Dang, three seventy-five is my number. Wow. Well, Art wins that one. 374. Oh, even. man. So there you go. Right on the money. 375,000 or 374. And um, you got to own a GT2 RS. You didn't drive it at all, but you made 100 grand. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> 2,000 miles from, and dude, how long? So you, how, many, how old was that? It's 2011. So yeah. it's fucking <laughs> 10 <laughs> years. 10 year old, dang. That sucks. So silly. Drive them. What would Croc say? Yeah, He'd drive, say drive it. cars, man. Yeah. All right, last one. 1979 Chevrolet Sport Van G20 conversion. This is one of six vans modified to replicate the van from the 1980s TV show, The A-Team. Oh, okay. I was wondering where It is an A-Team beauty. It's got uh, black lower body with silver top. It's got the... Uh, Running lights and cow basher and rally wheels and um, says fitted with GMC Vandura emblems, but built new as a Chevrolet, rather average repaint with some rippling in both flanks and slider door. Um, faux California blue license plates. Huh? So you said one of six. Uh, so this is one of the show trucks or, or vans. I mean, I guess gotcha. one of six modified. Yeah. To replicate the van from the oh. 80s TV show. So maybe someone built six additional at a later date. Oh, maybe it was for the movie. They did a movie, right? Did they do a movie? I have no idea. <laughs> but but he said, they said they were built to replicate it, so it wasn't... I don't think... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's got a CB radio. Um, generally, generally clean interior. It's kind of like notarizing the mileage. It's like, hey, I built six of these, I swear. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, who built them, dude? Like, I don't uh, know. I have an asterisk on this auction. I'm reading. I'm reading further here. Uh, was sold as a full charitable donation to the educational center. Oh, okay. Of, so that means uh, all cruise. all of our guesses are like basically how it, they don't matter at all. Yeah, Charity auction, you know, like they, it's not. We're not guessing the car's value. We're guessing what someone was willing to kind of like donate to this charity. <laughs> I guess so, dude. The cruise museum complex was. Uh, this was the seller. Uh, I was gonna say like fifteen grand, but now since it's a charity thing, uh, I'll go. I'll go. 
30. I'll go 40. 75. 40 grand. 7,500? 75,000. 7,000. Uh, would it be uh, surprising to know that you're low on your guests? $84,000 someone paid. Yeah. Charity money. For a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, charity, dude. Rippled pain stuff. Like, because at first I was like, oh, this thing could be worth something. And then, you know, shitty reason. If it was the one used in the show and had like Mr. Yeah. T's uh, necklace around the rear view, I could see maybe 40 grand. But yeah. Eighty-four thousand dollars to be an A-team uh, member. Member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, that's that's podcast. By the way, that was a seventy-nine. Yeah. That that van. Is that cool or something? Or? No, I don't know. I just thought it was a later. <laughs> Is that I significant? It was a later van. <laughs> well, what year was the show? Wasn't it like eighty-two or something? I don't, or eighty or what? Was yeah, that? maybe. I thought when it was, was more that like mid eighties. We've already been like people have like been really mad about our a-team knowledge dude Lock we, up, yeah I know. <laughs> and we we keep talking about a-team for some reason well it keeps coming up it's hot the a-team is so hot right now yeah i know Not let's really. talk about he-man or uh, voltron or something you know yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. all right that's podcast see you guys next time later bye goodbye <laughs>